Greetings, Earthlings. This is the podcast number two of Bass Squad Radio. I'm your host, TG. Like always, you know, always since we've been doing this for so long. Um, <laughs> I want to do something and send out my sincere gratitude for everybody that listened to the first one. I cannot believe, honestly, how much reception we got from that. It, uh, I'm just totally beside myself. We got, you know, somewhere south of 400 views already, and it's been a few days. And that's all from you guys just somehow finding it, you know, posted on Twitter, but obviously people have been sharing it. Uh, it's just it's just awesome that it took this, it wasn't, it didn't take long at all to, for this thing to actually reach some people's ears. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, one person that really helped out with this is uh, Dave Mercer, actually. I have no idea how he found the podcast, how he heard about it, whatever, but he said if you want to take a new look at this podcast or a new look at fishing, check out this podcast from Bass Squad. And we got just tons of new followers from that. We got a lot of downloads from this podcast, and it's just been awesome. And he's he's a sweet dude, man. He he he's been asking people to to listen to us, to follow us, it's just, it's just awesome. And we didn't, I mean, we never even contacted him. I don't know if he even follows us on Twitter. I don't know how he found it, but, but yeah. Uh, so thanks and keep listening. We're going to be doing, I'm going to try to do two a week. Like I said before, um, maybe, maybe, maybe three. I don't know. Like I said, if I'm bored, but yeah, so starting off, uh, I got some news on, well, not news, but I I'm a I'm a big music fan and I don't know you guys what your what your uh, favorite music is maybe you guys can tell me tell uh, Twitter uh, tweet us and um, yeah so anyway so I just rambled a little bit there so my bad uh, but yeah I got Ace Hood Starvation three mixtape off of datpip.com you can download it for free and it is absolutely amazing that guy is just a total beast I mean I've been a fan of him for a while. And if you're into like that hard rap music, go check it out. Uh, it's it's pretty solid. And I don't know if you guys like country music, just maybe just div- diversify a little bit, bump up your diversity. We can always use a little bit of uh, different races in our lives. <laughs> like uh, yeah, so if you're racist, fuck racism. Have mixed babies. That's what I say. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of that topic because I could rant about that for hours. Um. Let's uh, just get this uh, push onto the podcast now, um, you know, the bass fishing stuff, bass fishing section of the podcast. Um, I, I can admit when I first started bass fishing that, like, I totally hid the fact that, that I was actually an individual. I'm a weirdo. I'm, like I said, I'm a strange cat. I, I just got done reading Graham Hancock's uh, Fingerprints of the Gods, which is all about the origin of civilizations and how, you know, there might have been past civilizations and before we, we can even, even record and it was technologically bad. It's just crazy stuff. And he's just a really big uh, fringe type of scholar. He's, he's cool. And he, if you guys want to check him out, Graham Hancock's a great author. Uh, but the, but the, the most beneficial book that I've ever read is probably The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. It's a real quick read. It's like 180 pages. If you want to check it out, it's awesome. Uh, it's breaking through your creative battles and through like blocks and stuff like that. It, it's 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 really cool. So I have no idea where I just went, what where I was going with. The, oh yeah, and I, I was just saying like how I have a lot of different interests. Like I used to be visual artist. I 
played sports. I did all these other things, but I bass fished too. And when I was in my like bass fishing mode, like at tournaments or stuff, I acted like that was all I did. And I don't, I wasn't an individual. I was just this guy that bass fished. Nobody got to know the deeper version of me. Well, once I started actually like talking to people, it turns out that everybody's the same. Everybody has totally different interests. And it's kind of nice to get to know these bass fishermen that are just totally obsessed with this one thing and then opposite, they're, you know, interested in opposite things that don't have anything to do with bass fishing. And so if anything, just, just be yourself around people. I mean, it, it's, there's nothing, nothing bad's going to come of it. And, you know, the weird part about that is, is that at, at the, on the same token, when I used to be, be like that, I, when I was out or anything like that in the air quotes real world, I hid the fact that I bass fish for some reason, and I don't really know why, and I don't know if you guys do the same thing or if you guys feel like you need to to be social or get a girlfriend or something. I can tell you right now, girls could give a shit about, about you know, us being completely obsessed or anybody else for that matter. It, I don't know, we're all, we, we all just should just embrace the fact that we're obsessed with this weird thing, and I think, I think honestly it stems from the, uh, the stigmas people hold about fishing, and like how just, you know, people, like I said before about people just feel like that fishing is, uh, is like the, um, is uncle Bubba or uncle Dave or whatever I said before, just sitting in a boat and casting some bobbers out. You know, that's not what fishing is. You know, we're, we're, we're diverse just like everybody else and all kinds of people do it. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great sport to, to, participate in so <clears throat> yeah so now i uh i'm also telling you why i'm doing these podcasts for an hour and this is kind of a uh, breakthrough that i've had in general with dealing with people and uh i chose to do them for an hour because like i said before fishing industry is way too stuck in its ways and way too this is how you're supposed to do an interview type of stuff I mean, nine times out of ten, the interviews are completely planned, and that's I don't know. And this podcast is totally not planned. Like, there's nothing. I mean, besides having a couple of stories up there that I'm going to be reading later, it it's it's nice to. Well, wait. So I finished my point. It, everything's totally planned in the industry, and it's just it just you know people sound like robots, and and I I think people are starting to get tired of that. So. I chose to do these podcasts for an hour or, or longer. I mean, who knows? Depends on if I have guests. I mean, this one might not be a long one, but if I have guests on, you know, they might stay linked longer. Uh, they might end up being an hour and a half, two hours. Who knows? I mean, as long as people are listening to us, I'm going to do whatever. So the reason I chose to do them for an hour is because, especially when I'm interviewing people, you can bullshit someone for 5 to 10, 15 minutes, but, and those, you know, you can pretty much if you're in the industry for a while, you know the softball questions that are coming. Oh, what were you using? Who, like, just basically things to plug your sponsors. And so the answers are generally sound planned. Now, this podcast, for example, I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to be hitting you some weird, some weird angle questions and some things that they're not going to be planned for. So the podcasts are an hour because, like I said, you can bullshit for 5, 10, 15 minutes at the most. But after around an hour, you really get to see how transparent people can be and how deep the, you know, my conversations are going to get. Like, who knows? I mean, I could interview people and ask 
about how why they broke up with their girlfriend because or their girlfriend broke up with them because of bass fishing. It, it's it's just stupid stories like that that I want to he- hear. Um, so yeah, that's basically why I chose to do them kind of long, and I'm gonna do my best to uh, to continue to do them a long time. Yeah. So uh, oh, and thanks a lot again for all the stories you guys submitted. I was not expecting a lot, so I kind of just, you know, put it out there on Twitter and Facebook and just said, hey, if you guys want to email us or post something, just we'll read it on air. And turns out people actually wanted to do that. So I chose a couple stories. I actually, what I do when I'm reading them, I'm going to keep them completely anonymous. But what, I, what I'm planning on doing is clicking on them, reading the first few sentences, and if it sounds like a good story, I'm just going to read it without any, without any planning, without any... Uh, you know, preparedness so I can comment and my initial reactions while they're being told. So, and I'm going to tell my stories as well. So I, I chose actually, actually, you know what, three stories, not, and I'll tell you a couple of my own. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going to be reacting just like you guys will. So it'll be kind of fun to, to see what this, uh, this will bring. So let's get on to the first one. This one was actually from Facebook and it's kind of short. These first two are kind of short and then the next one, the third one's a little bit longer. So it says, co-angler, my third bass boat was a Ranger 360V back in the 80s. I'm a, in a pro-am tournament, I was flying across the lake into a bay. I turned too fast, <laughs> doing over 60 miles an hour, and spun the boat out several times with tackle flying everywhere. When the boat finally settled and my partner had deer and headlights looked, I grabbed my rods and said, well, this is my first, <laughs> first spot. <laughs> you can imagine the fear for the rest of the day. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I would love to have, I really hope that that dude was, uh, oh, wait, it's, I really hope that that's, this is the first, that guy's first uh, tournament, or, you know, just some guy is like, oh, you know what, I'll try bastard. I'm going to join this club, and then you get hooked up with this crazy dude. Um, okay, so then he continues and says, same day, believe it or not, with the same, with the same guy, after the spinning the boat fiasco, we flew up the river towards the city on a sharp bend of the river. Back then, there were no, few no wakes. <laughs> I spun it out again, beaching the boat backwards on the shore. Thank God it was sand and mud, not riprap. We both got out and pushed the boat back in the water and kept fishing. I have a very high, very high probability that, that dude is not fishing anymore. <laughs> not the, not the, the, uh, not the boater because I'm sure he's nuts with that uh with that type of story but that guy was probably like you know what i have bass fishing ain't for me i'm done seeing boats <laughs> rods flying out of the boat okay <laughs> all right so next one i'm old and have been doing tournaments since the late 70s another old guy god how do you guys find us on facebook and social media being that old my partner got a jig stuck in a log. He got up in front of me as I inched the boat nearer to the log. He said, back up a little. Well, I, I accidentally hit the high bypass in reverse. I fell in between the consoles on my back. I got up and no partner. <laughs> he pops up from the milfoil, hat gone, glasses cockeyed, spitting mud and full of seaweed, still holding the rod and neck, neck deep in water and muck. So I struggled to not laugh, but then, but lost that battle and busted out. And once back in the boat, he laughed as well. Wow. Yeah, I can say that we've had I've had that uh, experience before. I've 
I don't know if anybody else has done this before, but like multiple times I've been flipping a dock or something and I've been way too close to it. And uh, I like, I mean, I pushed off of the dock. I don't know if you can, like I pushed off the dock and then I just, my momentum kept me going forward and just plopped right in the water. So yeah, that happens quite frequently actually. Is, you know, maybe going too fast, turning with the trolling motor and whacking a stump or something, you, you'll knock yourself right in the water. And I <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so that's second story. I hope these are going well. If not, let me know, please. Okay, this is a kind of a long one, so I'm going to try to uh, do this as best I can. My first bass tournament. Sweet. Okay, I was a member of an online community of aluminum boat owners, tinboats.net, and we decided that a few of us would get together and fish a small lake, when, lake in central Illinois. I'd never fished there before and didn't have a clue as to what I would do or where I would start, but I was determined to use this opportunity to see what competitive fishing is all about. That's awesome. We had the details all set. We met on a foggy late August morning and actually the day before my 29th birthday. The water was slick as glass, perfect conditions. Well, that uh, that's up for interpretation. I like slick as glass and high bluebird skies, but some people like choppy water. So don't say perfect conditions, man. <laughs> Only joking. We put fifty dollars. We all put fifty dollars in the pot, and after a quick check of the boats, we started to put in. I was all by myself, so I had to back the boat down as well as start the motor, do, drive the boat to the dock, and park the jeep. As I backed down, I found that the ramp was fairly shallow incline, so I really needed to get. I really needed to back in quite a ways to get the boat to float off the trailer. Once it was floating, I said the best way to board the boat and stay dry was to crawl through the back of the end of the jeep. <laughs> and step out on the tongue and pull myself aboard. I managed to stay dry, but on my way on my way out, the back end, I knocked the transom saver, both buck, boat buckles and a bag of bungee cords out of the Jeep and into the lake. <laughs> That's a good way to start your career. I retrieved them and was already tired by the time I sat down in the driver's seat. Everyone is looking at me and, of course, laughing. I'm glad nobody had a camera around. No, dude, you wish there was a camera around because you'd be a famous fisherman now. You'd be, that shit would go viral for sure. Many of these guys had only met on the internet. This was the first time we met in real life. I'm sure I looked like a huge idiot. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> anyway, the boat motor was a 9.9 Evan Rube pull start. I can tell you I know where this is going for sure. It usually runs great and yeah, starts on the first pull once it's warmed up. Notice I said warmed up. It is very cold natured. I probably pulled that motor for 10 minutes trying to get her going. No luck. And everyone's still watching me. I should announce they're waiting on me because I was the only one left at the ramp and they were ready to go. Finally, I said, screw it, and just use the trolling motor to dock the boat so that I can at least begin to participate in this event. So they don't have any gas-powered propulsion. I pointed the glowing red arrow on the Mincota at an island in the distance, and I was a little nervous because everyone else in the group was headed in the opposite direction. That's not always a bad thing, man. I, like, I've had many times where it's been a 50-boat tournament, and I was one of, or out of 49, or 50 boats, I 49 of them went east, and I went west, and I've done well doing that. So, I mean... Sometimes it's not the greatest thing just to, to not fish in the crowd all the time. So, uh, hold on. Yeah, so I was, I was all alone on my journey. There looked to be stumped trees and laydown all around. About 30 minutes later, I made my first cast. I was using a shallow... Dude, you just, just cast while you're doing it. Who knows? Something 30 feet of water or whatever it was. I was using a shallow diving bluegill-colored crankbait that I had painted myself. I probed around the laydowns and stumps, finally coming across the downed tree that apparently had floated out away from the bank. I was now sitting about three feet of water half exposed. I made a cast right into the root ball of the tree and hooked up with a nice bass. Sweet. I found it, fought it to the boat with my heart racing and finally was able to net it. 
Only one problem. I didn't know the length of the bass had to be in order to keep them. I ended up not having a good enough cell signal to Google it from the boat, so I called up my wife. Through a bad phone connection, she said she was able to understand that I would, that what I needed and looked it up from... Okay. Through a bad phone connection, she was able to understand what I needed and looked it up from her home computer on the DNR website. Okay. 15-inch length, three fish limit. Dude, you got to know the rules before the tournament, man. Whatever. Luckily, this fish measured about 15 and 3 quarters, my first keeper. I continued around the tree, casting at every angle, but didn't entice any more bass to bite. As I trolled down the island some more, I hooked up with another fish, and this one was huge. Once I got in the boat, I realized I only needed one more to fill the limit. The fish ended up weighing over four, so it was definitely my kicker fish. I proceeded around the south side of the island and found an old road bed, but not much other structure. And there were no takers in the road bed. I came across the east side, where the stumps were about three feet of water. I ran the crankbait through the stumps and quickly caught my third fish, which was probably about three pounds. At this point, I... At this point, though, I thought, I think he's, yeah, I th at this point I thought about how nice it would be to have a scale because there were about four hours left in tournament, the fish were biting, and I thought I might have to call. Not long after I hook up my fourth keeper, which is easy compared to the first, seeing it was bigger than my first fish, so I was able to upgrade. About two hours left, still hoping to upgrade again, I hooked up into another keeper, but it wasn't going to help me out. The wind began to pick up, which scrubbed out the partly cloudy sky, turning the cool morning into a blazing hot afternoon. As the time ticked down, I decided I'd better head back towards the ramp to I had my trolling motor power. Only problem was this was against the wind. About halfway to the ramp, my trolling motor battery died. Oh, boy. And I was barely moving. I was able to get real close to the bank where the wind wasn't affecting things much and continued on. There wasn't any power left. I still had about 200 yards ago. Nobody else was back to yet to help me out. So I started messing with the 9.9 .9 again, pulling the cord, pumping the primer until it finally came to life, albeit very rough. I was able to get it back to the dock where I pulled pulled it onto the trailer and waited the next few minutes to find out how I fear in the competition. The words were grim as the participant came by one by one. Of course it was, until they weigh the fucking fish. <laughs> Nobody had caught any fish. I had one. I ended up looking like a complete fool all day long, but I had brought a huge three-fish limit of 10 pounds, four ounces. That's not bad. On a day when nobody else could figure them out. This was for sure a great birthday present would hook me on competitive bass fishing, inspire me to upgrade my boat, which I now use 17-foot bass tracker. Hey, man, I use the same thing. And when I tricked out with a brand new fuel-injected mercury motor, Lorance, HDS electronic, custom trailer reels, and even a power pole. Oh, you got me now. I'm definitely hooked on fishing. I can't wait to get 2014 club season started. That's awesome. Now, that's that's a cool story. I like, uh, it, dude, it's, it just, that's all it takes sometimes, just that one moment. And, you know, man, we all have those things. I remember one of my first big tournaments, my first win, well, I have two first wins. One time I won a tournament with my cousin. It was his first tournament. I had fished a lot before, but I never won before. And it was 38 degrees in the morning. The water temp was like 41. And I had deep football jig bite going, you know, off of like a rock ledge or whatever, and nothing all day. Like about 12 o'clock, come flipping the dock. And my cousin never even fished a bass tournament before. He's behind me. He flips underneath the dock and catches a six-pound, like 5.68-pounder. And I had never caught a fish in that lake over two pounds. It's like right by my house. It was, so I just obviously freaked out and it was, the live well was frozen shut. So I had to like pry it open with a knife and actually got it in. So it was snowing the whole time. And then it was two o'clock, I would say. So then we, I was skipping tubes because I was catching a lot of fish, but they were all like 13s or whatever. Cause it's a really, you know, bass are really stunted in that lake. And then like, I don't know. 2 o'clock, and the tournament was done at 3, I hooked on to, with 6-pound line, 
I don't know what the hell I was thinking using six four minor around dock posts or nothing like that. I must have I was a kind of a moron, but um so I hooked up with a giant and I we caught I caught mine was a five point three. So we and that's you know, ten point six eight pounds or ten point nine eight pounds was our final weight. Come up to the scales. Everybody in the tournament field had a had a limit. We ended up winning though <laughs> with the two the two giants and obviously we won big bass. So that was that's what hooked me on uh, tournament fishing, and yeah, it, those stories are so sweet. I like to hear those. Um, just, you know, people, how you got hooked on the fishing and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that was cool. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to tell you a kind of a funny story what happened to me, and I, <laughs> I hope you guys have, like, cool stories about how you broke up with your girlfriend or how your girlfriend got pissed off at you or something happened with girls. I, I one time skipped prom to go fishing, and I told the girl I was sick, but then I'm like a dumbass, I posted pictures on Facebook, and she found out, and yeah, she was, she was not too happy, <laughs> but, uh, so, <laughs> the next one, I was actually fishing with Casey, who was supposed to call in tonight, but I think he's filming a video right now, so he'll be calling in soon, I'm gonna try and hook up, you know, someone, so I can interview people on the phone, I don't really know how I'm, I'm kind of learning on the fly, just like, just like anything in my life, but uh, yeah, so I was flip. We were punching, and Casey sets the hook harder than any human being on the face of the earth. Um, so I'm standing right behind him, and he's he's got the punch punch weight like just barely under the surface, and I'm standing on his right side, and that's the way he sweeps with his hook sets. So he got the thing right right below the surface, and all of a sudden I see him wind up, and he cracks the hook set, barely misses my head with the with the rod. The punch weight comes flying up and drills me right in the throat. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I literally went, like, I literally choked from it. And I was, like, it hurt. Like, I thought I'd maybe cracked my clavicle, I mean, or my, uh, yeah, my collarbone. So it was, it was, a, it was I mean, that's a, it was funny now, but, well, so then I go and met my girlfriend after, like, the next day, I think, and I didn't look at myself other than whatever, and she assumed that I was fishing with Casey, so I went down by her, and she goes, where were you last night? And I said, I was with Kate. I mean, we had fishing tournament. I went to bed kind of early. She goes, what's that? Well, I looked down, and my fucking neck, there was a, like, a big purple mark, and it was, it looked exactly like a hickey. So... I mean, I don't know how I got out of that, because that sounds like a stupid... I told her what actually happened. I mean, to a non-bass fisherman, that sounds like the stupidest thing that ever ever happened. So I really want to hear your guys' stories like that. So, yeah, I mean... Oh, jeez. I don't know. Like, but yeah, so this, this, is, uh, this, is, this is pretty fun to do. Um, you guys have have been like I said in the beginning have, have been absolutely amazing. Now with the we we the sky's the limit for us right now. We're just gonna keep on just doing what we gotta do and hopefully expand people's eyes. I mean people seem to like this raw kind of real look at stuff. Um I I mean I can't believe how how many people actually are, are listening to us. And I I just want it just all it's going to take, I think, for us is that just the right person to hear this. So 
if you guys could do us a favor, if you do enjoy the podcast, retweet us. And uh, if, you know, people don't have Twitter or whatever, maybe just tell one, well, if they don't have Twitter or whatever, but Facebook, I don't know. But just tell one other person about us if you enjoy us. That's all we kind of ask. So, you know, it'll spread the spread the word, and we're going to be interacting with you guys just as much. We we love the sport. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't want to do anything else in my life, and I'm I'm really, I don't know, <laughs> I hope I uh, get fired soon so I can sit around and collect unemployment and just do this. No, I'm only joking. But seriously, that'd be kind of sweet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's kind of, it's a trip, man. I mean, this, we're selling, the shirts are actually selling pretty good. Um, hey, I, I said this last time we're we're going to have a, a website up pretty soon. We, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of something. Oh yeah. So through the profound thing, well, well, let's go. I'm going to stop that right now. But so next week, actually, I got uh, a call or I got a text. And so next week, Gerald Sensabaugh from the Dallas Cowboys is going to be calling in and wants to talk to you guys on the podcast. And I think that's awesome. He uh, totally just asked me about it. And he's, you know, he's cool as hell. And follow him on Twitter if you want. He's just a, he's a sweet dude. He used to be a former NFL player. And now he's completely obsessed with bass fishing and he's trying to make it as a pro i don't think there's any i well i know there's a few guys on the tour that have that have uh played in college or done that but i don't know if there's ever been any crossover athletes in the <laughs> fucking bass fishing i know there's i mean he's gonna be like a Deion sanders he's gonna be the guy that's a two-sport athlete but yeah i mean there's Dion fishes i know and Randy Moss, I know fishes, but I don't know of any others. I'd like to like to hear it if people know or have stories of uh, them running into pro athletes that fish. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, I I'm curious. I'm curious to ask him uh, what's tougher, a football game or a three day, eight hour tournament? Because I've had the argument with people that it it is. I mean, it is physical. I used to play football, and I ran track and that, and I would be tired after, but that, there's nothing quite like little, a small little bottom of sleep, fishing for eight hours in the hot sun, and I mean, I come home, and you just crash. And then on top of that, you add travel time. I mean, when we we used to fish, we, we would drive from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and down to wherever. I mean, 12 hours is a short drive for us, so... We would, I mean, we kind of took it to a little bit to the extreme. We'd be in the middle of February where we haven't, we're not even conditioned to be fishing for a long time. So we would drive, we would leave, usually leave around 8 in the morning, eight, 8 at eight at night, so we would miss all like the heavy Chicago traffic or whatever. So we'd drive through the night, get there at like 7, 6, 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning, I don't know, whatever, however long. No sleep, jump it right under the water, fish for 12 hours, come back, crash in the, in the, motel room then just do it the next day do it the next day and then fish the two-day tournament it's like i i mean that's where like i try to try to explain to people what we actually do is just seriously impossible like that kind of stuff the average person there is no way they even an even a professional athlete i feel like that would be kind of tough to do those kind of things and and we're not the only ones obviously i have tons of people do that i remember our partner's fished a Pickwick FLW tournament and after the tournament made it back to Wisconsin for a, for a club tournament. 
that next that next morning. So I mean, people are nuts, and we're all nuts. And I wish that it was easier to, like I said, we got to break that stigma of what a bass fisherman looks like or what a bass fisherman is. So we got, uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's quite the quite the task, but I think uh, I think we could do it if we all kind of step up and just bring this thing and not be. I don't know, not be so confined to what we're saying. I think speaking your mind and actually telling people, telling people what you what you want or what what you uh, what you're actually about and what the sport's actually about. I mean, describe it to them in a, in a way that they can understand. Put it in terms like like a golf tournament, like I was saying before. It, it's it's um, yeah. So I don't know really where I'm gonna go next. Uh, Shit, maybe I'll just uh, end it right now or wrap it up a little bit. Um, keep sending emails, guys. I'm going to continually read on the uh, on the podcast. And as I do this, I'm going to get a little bit better with this. And you guys, please tell me if I suck. Just tell me. I don't really care. I want to know. Um, just kind of, I mean, it's kind of like if you're fishing behind behind me and you see me doing something wrong. I mean, I'd, I'd really hope that you, I mean, I'm kind of a candid dude, so I tell people when they're doing something wrong, and I hope you guys tell me if I'm doing something wrong or if you have any suggestions or whatever. I mean, I'm talking a little too fast. I've been uh, been really <laughs> uh, notorious for doing that. Jeez, I got the, uh, just one second. Yeah, so, yeah, just tell me what's up. I mean, keep following us on Twitter. We're... Casey's going to have a new video out soon. Teddy put up the, uh, the map study video. That's pretty awesome. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to stop saying because I'm going to slip every single time, Teddy. <laughs> He's also known as Toad Jr. On, uh, on Twitter. So my apologies, Ted. I mean Toad Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I think I'll just uh, wrap her up right there. Uh, I'm going to, wait, you know what? No, I'm not going to wrap it up. I'm going to do a little sales pitch because this profound thing is, to me, is just a really sweet idea. And I want you guys to actually legit check it out because it, it is, it does have some some bad uh, monitors or monikers about it that it's just like a pyramid system or whatever. But, um, yeah, so like, I mean, it just gives uh, any angler the ability to, own their own, or to sell their own tackle and make like bulk ass money. Uh, you know, those guys aren't gonna put their their product out or their names on the on the line like that. I mean, it it it's a legit thing. And you know, the thing with it, the biggest thing with me is that it's really really low risk. I mean, you spend seventy nine dollars. There's no minimum monthly fee. You spend a or a minimum monthly order or whatever. So like, you don't have to order forty dollars worth of makeup or whatever you do on, on uh, Mary Kay per month. It's $79 to start off. Or, I mean, or you can just order from our website and not get the discount, you know. So, but if you, if you do the, you get the discount on the product, you also have the ability to sell product to whatever you mean. If you own a tackle store, whatever. I mean, it's a good idea. And also, like, a $25 uh, yearly fee, but 
you get $85 with a product upon signing up. So, I mean, it's really, really, and you can cancel whenever you want. That's the one thing that I really liked about it too. It's not like a gym membership or a cell phone contract. There's no cancellation fee, nothing like that. So, so yeah, just check it out at www.profoundoutdoors.com backslash BassQuadCorp. No, actually, you know what? No, it's not. It's www.profoundoutdoors.com backslash LLC. Because when we did it, we, we had just uh, established ourselves as an LLC. But we already kind of had the Bass Squad Corp as our Twitter because the, re- the reason being is there's a lot of companies or a lot of websites also that have Bass Squad. It's spelled that way, but it's actually like a music group. It's called Bass Squad. So that's why we have the corp at the end of it. It doesn't really mean anything, but right now that's what people know us as, so that's where we're going to keep it being just completely honest, but actually we are an official LLC now, and it's uh, pretty awesome. I mean, I can't wait to get down to the Classic, uh, maybe do a couple interviews down there, I hope. Hope to maybe do a podcast from the hotel room with uh, Casey and Adam. Jeez, uh, should I talk about, maybe before I close, maybe a quick technique or something? I don't know. Um I always here I'm gonna yeah, okay. So when I'm when I'm frogging, I'm gonna just get this out there. I'm looking at the uh, the mats and everything as kinda like a depth like a topographic map, if you can kinda get what I'm saying. So like when the mats come to a point or there's isolated stuff, I look at that as like underwater structure and I pull it maybe I'm just nuts and that's the way that I like to break things down, but the spots that you get bit on, like, so if, let's say there's a, there's like a, a mat and there's a definite line to the mat. I always like to cast it along the, where the mat ends and the, and the water starts. So I'm, I'm paralleling that and I get way more bite, even, even if it's like bright sun out. The reason being is, is that is all, is like an artificial ambush point. I, I think because the, the sun hits it in a certain way and it makes the rays down it's a lot like fishing and paralleling a bank and you're paralleling like a drop, a drop off or something like that. It just, it's all about ambush points and certain, after you do some, something for a long enough time, you'll start to pick up on little things like that and you'll start to know when you're going to get bit. So look at, start to really, when you're frogging or whatever, look at, look at it kind of objectively and look and point out where you think the most bites will occur. So it's a lot like if you're fishing, a riprap bank and there's a tree on it. So let's say you're at looking at the map and there's a lily pads and some, you know, milfoil clumped and then there's some scum on top of that. Those three, whenever you can get more than one piece of cover connecting, it always increases your likelihood. And now I'm not any expert, like I said, so I'm not really 100% sure why. I think it's just mainly you know, there's just more sources of places for them to hide and ambush bait. So, yeah, I mean, think outside the box when you're frogging too. And don't be afraid to cast over stuff. And I, I've, you'd be amazed on how many fish you can actually land dragging it over the top of stuff. Like, I remember one time I accidentally put it over a dock post and the minute, minute it hit the water, it, the fish blew up on it and I set the hook and it just, you know, launched over the, <laughs> over the top. One time, Casey was skipping frogs underneath the bank and hit, and his somehow he, he messed up really bad. And his frog hung up over a tree limb, and he set. And as soon as it hit the water, of course, it blew up. And set. 
I'm, I'm actually sitting here motioning out all this, so you guys, oh, whatever. So he sets the hook, and the fish actually jumps, flies up into the tree and gets stuck up in the tree, and we <laughs> have to go pick this three-pounder out of the tree. And that should show you how hard he actually sets the hook, so you can kind of see why I thought I broke my clavicle when he, when he, uh, <laughs> he whacked it with a punch and with a one and a half ounce punching weight. Okay, see, there's my really prime example of how I just kind of don't have any direction at all. I just start talking and I, I don't know where I'm going and I just start rambling on. So that is one thing that I've noticed, and you guys can tell me to knock that off because it's yeah, it's just I don't know, whatever. Maybe you guys like it. Who knows? I want to keep this as more of a podcast to like me and you are having a conversation not uh, I'm teaching you how to do something. So that's kind of why it's totally informal and totally unscripted and totally uncut because I swear when I'm talking to people and I don't really care. People don't seem to care. I'm not not being offensive, I don't think. Uh, if you don't want to listen to us, don't listen to us. But if you do, keep listening to us. But, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap that up. It's, uh, what, let's see here. It's going on... 40 minutes. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up right now. Um, keep downloading us. Keep uh, keep interacting. I want to hear more stories. I want to hear questions. Whoever wrote, I mean, I'm keeping it anonymous, but the guy that wrote that last story actually is really, really well-spoken and not well-spoken. Uh, pretty damn good writer, actually. It's it was a good it was a good story. So thanks a lot. Um, you know who you are. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna wrap this up. Peace out, guys. Thanks a lot for listening.